Hello, everybody. Welcome to my blog. Today, I'm here with Rebecca Fox, who is a technical solutions engineer at VMware based out of the UK. Welcome, Rebecca. Hello. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming on my uh, channel. Um, as we start out, maybe I ask you the standard question. Would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself, your background? Yeah, sure, sure. So I'm uh, 35 years old and I am not married. I live with my partner, Matthew, and we have a beautiful baby boy called Archie, who's three and a half now, and a gorgeous, big, massive dog called Brody. So we live in Oxford. My partner is currently still serving in the British Army, so we actually live on an RAF camp, which is lovely. Um, and I'm just sat here now in my office, which is the spare bedroom, looking out and it's a wonderful day very bright the sun is out which is fabulous um so yeah here i am there's you mentioned so many interesting things already in your first few <laughs> sentences so um i have never actually met someone who lives on um a raf campus what does that mean really oh it's fabulous so um we live on a camp that's got a big <laughs> barbed wire fence all around it. Well, it's actually a big fence with barbed wire on the top around it. If you were to run or walk all the way around the edge of the camp, it's probably about 2.5 miles, um, which is quite small in the grand scheme of camps. Um, and inside the camp, we have a shop, a um, costa, a uh well lots of things really we've actually got a charity shop on this camp a ceramics club we've got a gym and um, the usual you know accommodation for those serving um raf personnel and a big area to walk your dog in out the back which is what i'm looking at now i live close to that bit which is really nice so it means you have kind of your own little military village where yeah you absolutely okay. yeah which That's is really nice especially when it's covid we're all you know locked in together and it's quite nice mm -hmm. and it's safe as well very safe of course it is yes because you always have you have the same contact people you have your sphere of uh, action which is basically um, very clear not like for me for example i live in the middle of vienna and you never know who you're going to meet when yeah. you leave the house so interesting, you, you already mentioned um, your husband is still in the army. So um, I guess there that is an, mm -hmm. a hint that you used to be in the army. And but before I talk about that with you, I would like to understand uh, what your background is in terms of education, how you got to be in the army. Uh, growing up, I really enjoyed school up until about the age of 11. So junior school was great went to senior school, it was still really good, but I realized that my potential was in physical stuff, doing stuff, being somewhere outside and not really classroom based. So I did struggle um, to keep my attention. However, I still um, got my GCSEs. So I knew when I was 15, that I didn't really want to go into a job that was indoors so i looked at things and there's a thing that we do at school called um 
oh gosh, what's it called now? Work experience, that's it. And you can choose somewhere to go. You have two weeks. So the first week I chose to go to the Royal Ballet School as I was, uh, I did ballet then. Um, but they couldn't have me. So I went to Birmingham Airport and went and worked with British Airways for a week, which was fun. But the second week I did was um, a course called Look at Life. And it was hosted by the an infantry regiment who then were the Light Dragoons. It was a week long. I stayed in a camp in Nescliffe. I was 15. It was the first time I was away from my parents. And I absolutely loved it. And I thought, this is great. This is really what I want to do. So I, I researched it a bit with my dad and we went to the um, Armed Forces Careers and they said, right, well, you, you know, to go into the army where you want to go, which at the time was Royal Signals, as my grandfather was in the Royal Signals, I, uh, I needed three C's and above. So that was it. My GCSEs were based around getting those three C's, which is exactly what I did. So I didn't stay on for sixth form. I didn't go to college. I didn't go to university. I joined straight into the army at the age of 16. What was it that you saw there that it, um, attracted you to the army? Because you said you saw this, it was so much fun. You wanted to be there. What was it yeah. that captured your attention? I think it was just the physical robustness being outside. I was always a bit of a tomboy. Me and my sister, both of us were tomboys. I was always running around outside or on the bikes or the scooters or whatever and I knew that I wanted to do something physical and when I set my mind on going in the army or got interested in it I started doing running a lot more with my dad and um, when we went to this on this course it was just so fun we could we did the well obviously they're going to show you the fun stuff aren't they yeah, sure. we did the assault course and I liked meeting people from all over and all different girls and lads it was great it was just really good fun mm -hmm. so you you said girls and men so what what was the the percentage of women who actually uh, went on that course so on that one we were in a a really big dormitory and it holds 30 beds and there was about eight girls mm -hmm. eight of us girls in there we were all age 15 um all from different schools there were there were two schools in gloucester i think and i was in birmingham but because i really wanted to do it they weren't running one in the birmingham area they sent me away um with these two other schools which didn't bother me because i wasn't fussed about you know meeting people or going with a friend so there's about eight girls and there was about 40 boys. <laughs> and that's the story of my life, really. <laughs> is that a ratio that remained the same later or yep. is it even less women after? Oh, it depends where you go. So in, in different units, I've had more, I've had less. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's generally, it's never been 50-50, mm -hmm. never, no. So you said you, what did you do, signals? So I first joined the Royal Signals, yeah, which is IT and communications. I was a communications systems operator and my training was done in Blanford Forum, uh, which is down south in Dorset. Um, during training, I would probably say uh, the ratio to for female to male was probably about 20, 80 there. It wasn't too bad. There was quite a lot of girls. We had our own separate living accommodation within the camp. 
um and a lot of people used to call it jurassic park because it had big fences around it inside and they said it was to keep the girls in but it wasn't it was keep the boys out <laughs> um but yeah and then after training i went to my first unit and that was i think at the height of women there was maybe 10 of us to about 200 blokes okay so yeah really small in my troop there was only me and one other girl mm -hmm. so the troops 30 30 people and two of us were girls mm -hmm. which never bothered us you know you, you're doing the same job you get on with it um and then later on after serving 10 years in the raw signals i joined the nursing corps oh. and that was very different because then the ratio went the other way mm -hmm. so then we had um majority women especially when working in the hospitals um, but there was still a lot of a lot of um, men that were in the nursing corps as well before you went to the royal signals did you have any um, interest in it and engineering or was that something that just happened because you felt you wanted to do something similar to your grandfather or what was the interest there when i was younger about around about 13 14 my parents used to go to car boot sales <laughs> so you know you you go and you turn up and i was always going with them and always saying can you buy me an iron dad or can you buy me this or can you buy me that just so i could take it all apart so that always really interested me i could never get them back together but i could take it apart which was great so i did have a bit of an interest there um but my you know, when I learned about the army, originally I wanted to go into the light dragoons who took me for that first week, but that was infantry. And at the time, women weren't allowed in the infantry. So, yeah, so I opted for the Royal Signals, which sounded good. And it was probably, you know, I was quite young. I was probably steered in that direction by the army careers officers, but I was happy to take that direction at that time. So, and after 10 years, you switched to nursing. Um, does that mean that you also have a, uh, an education in nursing? Did you get a training or how did that happen? If you are to switch straight to nursing, you do go to Birmingham University and do a degree in adult nursing. However, because I joined the army at 16, I didn't have A-levels and you had to have A-levels to go directly into nursing. So what they did was they said, well, your best route would be to be a healthcare assistant first and then get your access to nursing and then go into nursing that way. So that's the path that I chose. So my healthcare training was 17 weeks with a six week placement at a local nursing home. Mm -hmm. And then I went to my first hospital, which was the Queen Elizabeth Hospital in Birmingham. Okay. Can I ask what made you change from a very engineering IT field to something people related? Yeah, you can. There's a there's a there's a few answers for this. The first is I wanted to do something totally different. Mm -hmm. um, my last job in the Royal Signals was an instructor to recruits through basic training. So I took boys and girls from the age of 16 up to 32 and taught them how to be a soldier. That's field craft, drill, map reading, uh, skill at arms, all those good fun stuff, living in the field. And uh, it was an excellent job. 
But after I'd finished that job, I was coming to the end of it because most postings are three, two or three years. That one was two years. The thought of going back to a Royal Signals unit and doing communications again bored me because I'd done some really good units. I'd got all the best ones under my belt and the only ones left to do were quite not what I was interested in. So I was thinking of doing something and actually um, a man swayed me the other way. I, I got married and he felt it would be best if I took this other path that I'd spoken about. So he encouraged me to do it that way. And I said, yeah, OK, then let's do it. So I took that path. I regretted it. <laughs> yeah, because it sounded really enthusiastic there for a moment. Yeah, yeah, I did regret it. I will say that. And uh, if I had my time over again in the military, I wouldn't have transferred. That's not slating the nursing corps at all. It just wasn't for me. Um, but I still stuck with it for eight years. And, you know, it was great. But you can't have regrets in life. And that's just one of those things. We did get divorced two years later and I was still left in the nursing corps. Oh, my God. So there we go. <laughs> Don't always follow a man. Yeah, but eight years is actually a long time to do something that's not quite what you want to do, right? I mean, that, that's yeah. uh, quite a chunk out of your life. It is, um, yeah. But in the military, once you've transferred, it's very hard to transfer back. So I did try to transfer back within the first year. That wasn't an option. Mm -hmm. So they um, they put me back into training, which was great. So instead of training the recruits like I did before, I now trained phase two soldiers. So these these are soldiers that have been through basic training and are now doing their core training. So their medical skills. Mm -hmm. um, so. I went back to that side of things, which was great. I did that for two years. And then when they posted me back to the hospital, they asked me, would I like to go in A&E? And I said, absolutely. And it was the best decision ever. It was fabulous. I was in a city center A&E with lots of uh, road traffic collisions, gunshot wounds, all the good, all the good stuff. fun stuff. Yeah. And the years whizzed by then. So. Okay. I yeah. see. Okay, but um, I think you, um, after those eight years, you finally left the army, right? Yes. And you came to VMware? I did. So I was leaving the military after 18 years and I had um, decided that I would like to go back to a technical role in the future. So I'd started looking at pen testing. And during my resettlement from the military, they offer you various courses you can go on and learning so i decided to start looking at interpend testing i had a few friends that i knew of that were in that industry so i reached out to them and i joined quite a few sort of meetups in london so i was living near there to the time at the time um, and i went in and i got a bit of work experience at deloitte kpmg lloyd's bank and what was the other one ibm mm -hmm. um so that was great and then i thought about it and thought do you know what i don't really want to do pen testing and be on my own i want i'm a social person i want to talk to people i want to be a big part of the team um so i was oh, a bit unsure what to do really and during my uh, resettlement process, I'd been told, make sure you network with people on LinkedIn. So I'd constantly been posted on LinkedIn. Oh, I've been to this meetup or I've done a, you know, 
a bit of time at Lloyds Bank here or this and that. And um, there was somebody within VMware. I'm not sure if we meant to mention names or anything. <laughs> okay. So um, Baz, Baznet, who um, saw my post on LinkedIn about leaving the military, he reached out to me and he said, oh, signals, excellent. You know, we've got some associate positions coming up if you'd be interested. And so I'm messaging back and said, yeah, absolutely. I'd love to hear a bit more about it. So we had a, a call. We had a couple of calls, actually. And uh, he told me all about my new boss, Andy Clark, and how he was looking to fill um, a position of a solution, um, associate solutions engineer. So, yeah, that's how I went about it. Did the old uh, job interview. And here we are, eight months down the line now. Still feel like a newbie, though. <laughs> Oh, that changes really quickly. <laughs> Just wait <laughs> a couple of months more and you feel like you've been around forever. Um, so uh, what exactly is your role at VMware now? Can you talk a little bit about what you do so people get an idea of your daily job? Yeah, so I'm a solution engineer in the virtual cloud network, which is part of the network and security business unit. Um, my... I work with a sales counterpart and we talk to customers or potential customers about how we can virtualize their data centers or help them on their path to a more secure um, data center, mm -hmm. secure environment. Um, yeah, and we talk about the solutions that we have. We've got quite a few solutions within our portfolio, so it's it's all good fun. I'm still I'm still learning it all. I'm still at the beginning. I do need a lot of help and support from my team, but I've got a great team that that helped me along the way, so that's good. How did you experience the transition? I mean, coming to VMware is um, like like I felt it was like coming into a new world with all the acronyms and all the new oh, stuff. Yeah. How well, I mean, the military have acronyms as well, but not as much as VMware. <laughs> I was constantly checking what these what these three little words were. And by the time I checked what the word was they were talking about, they'd moved on to something else by then. And so I was getting lost all the time. It was hard. It still is hard. I do still have to check them from time to time. And I do think I've never been diagnosed, but I do think I suffer with a, a mild form of dyslexia. So when these words are getting pinged at me, it's just flying all over my head. But the, the strangest thing probably was the fact that I joined VMware during the first lockdown. So I started in June and I've, I've managed to meet my manager and two teammates and I'm in a team of 14 so that's very strange and to be you know normally you work in you walk into a new job you walk into an office or somewhere where there's people there you you meet people and you find out things and they say oh I'll show you how to do this and a few clicks and you you know you're away on the computer but you don't have that so everything seems to take twice as much time to do stuff and also twice as much effort because everybody's so busy with zooms back to back you've got to try and fit in somewhere to ask somebody to do how to find this or how to do that yeah. so but the good thing is is hopefully we're coming out of lockdown soon and i know that when i do get to go physically into the workplace and see people i think that my learning is just going to accelerate really fast yeah. so i'm looking forward to that <laughs> 
I was going to ask you, since you said you're a person who loves to be outdoors and about and how you're coping with the whole home office, remote working, sitting in front of your computer situation. How's that going for you? I mean, really awful. <laughs> <laughs> really, really awful. I'm, I've, I've slipped a disc in my back and I'm having an MRI scan tonight. And I think it's uh, due to sitting down mm -hmm. and I've, I've just bought a stand-up desk to help me you know move about but I am still moving like I said before I've got a little boy and um, a dog so every morning we walk into nursery which is on camp which is fabulous and walk the dog afterwards and I've just got to take small breaks all the time not not just because of my back but just because of zoom fatigue it is real mm -hmm. now i know i said to you before i've been in the military 18 years and obviously i've been more tired in the military when you're doing things you know on exercise but i've never had a job where i feel so tired and drained from doing what in my mind what is so little mm -hmm. but actually it's not little because you're constantly jumping from screen to screen and emails and calls and zoom and this and that it's tiring, it's really tiring. It's true. And I think people actually underestimate the fact that um, working like this takes a lot of energy out of you, you know? Absolutely. Especially if you are used to um, communicating with people directly where you have feedback, instant feedback from these people. It's like, I always feel a little bit like Zoom pulling the energy out of you without giving you yeah. any feedback, which is not the same when you're in the same room with people. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So that is an interesting aspect of, of our daily work life now. And I think uh, part of it will remain um, uh, the way we work in the future will, of course, partly be remote. And um, I, I feel there's some upside to that. You say you have a little boy, right? Yeah. Uh, and I guess there's also some some benefit of being able to work from home if you are a mother to a small child or even older children. So um, I think maybe, the, do you feel that gives you a little bit more flexibility? Yeah, absolutely. I think that um, I'm very lucky because he's only three. He was in preschool. So during the, the lockdown that we've just had, when the children were off school, he was still in preschool, which was um, fabulous. But, you know, if I haven't got a call in that's in the last half hour of work, I'll quite happily pop off at half four, go walk down and collect him and have that extra half an hour with him. And then perhaps when he goes to bed at seven o'clock, just catch up on the last few emails that, you know, were were in your inbox when you left. And yeah, I like that way. I, I like the way that that works. I'm dreading. Well, I'm not dreading, but I think when we do all go back to work, I'm hoping that it's not going to be this fast paced. Mm -hmm. at work because to fit in three or four meetings a day especially if they're in different locations you wouldn't be getting home till like nine ten o'clock at night and i don't really want that um personally you know. i feel because there's no commute between the different meetings that we're working more than before yeah i'm glad that you feel like that because i've i don't know any different and i was hoping it was that way because it's intense yeah that's my experience because um obviously um I, I i work in austria and i am responsible for the entire country also in the nsbu and of course if you travel around from from customer to customer there's all this time between that that has to be accounted for you can't just have meetings back to back to back that's just not possible so yeah the working day is different usually mm -hmm. 
there's more yeah. more opportunity to recharge and and you know um arrange stuff differently yeah so yeah. you can look forward to that yeah i am i am <laughs> so in terms of work life um if you compare your previous life to your current life i know it's it hasn't been a long time and it's also a very exceptional situation with the pandemic but um are there any skills that you acquired? I mean, apart from, of course, technical skills like interpersonal skills that you acquired while being in the army that you think will help you doing this job? Yeah, definitely. I think that the exposure you get to the amount of different personalities and people within the workplace in the military just sets you up to be able to talk to all types of different people mm -hmm. outside. So what you generally call in the corporate world, the C-suite level people, we have those obviously in the military, you know, majors, brigadiers, and it's a, you know, a big thing when they come and you salute and all the rest, you might not be doing the saluting in the corporate world, but you have, you've learned that respect of how to speak to those people, you know, et cetera. But also it gives you a, it gives you an understanding of your audience. You can't go in and speak to patients, for example, how you would speak to soldiers on parade because they're in a different place at that time. You don't speak to the soldiers on parade like patients, <laughs> vice versa. So I think that it does really give you an understanding of your surroundings, who you're talking to, how you should talk to them, and just general life skills, really. Mm -hmm. And a sense of humor, always <laughs> got to have a sense of humor. That's the best thing I've learned from the military. <laughs> so yeah, stand by for some practical jokes if you're ever near me. <laughs> um, yeah, so skills around communication, that's something that comes up quite a lot. You know, when I talk to, to women about these jobs we're doing here in IT, that is something that a lot of women have mentioned, being able to communicate properly and also understanding how to communicate in which situation. That's a very, very important um, skill to have. Um, yeah. Another thing I would just, just popped through my head was thinking, yeah, and what you also learned is to walk, to work with a lot of men, because obviously it's we are in IT and the ratio of women to men is slightly better maybe than it was in the army, but not much more. I mean, VMware is doing a lot, I think, but I still feel that um, being comfortable with working in environments that are mostly male is also something maybe that is helpful, right? Yeah, definitely. I think um, I've, I've always been in jobs, obviously, I've only had sort of two jobs um, where males are predominant, but that's just the choice that I've chosen. Um, so yeah, you do get used to working with men. Personally, I find it a little bit easier. They're simple. <laughs> you can tell them what to do and they do it or vice versa. Sometimes I think women think too much about things or think there's hidden meanings behind things. There's not. Let's just all be out and open and simple. <laughs> so interesting that you would say that because I had another interview just recently with a young woman um, who's also based in the UK. And we talked about the fact that Obviously, we're all not really accustomed to working with a lot of women because of our jobs. Uh, we are just accustomed to working with men. And also that we also feel that uh, working with men is easy. 
you know, when you look at it from the, from the outside, you get often get told, oh, this is a male dominated field, it might be difficult for you, but it's not necessarily what you experience when you then go into IT. I mean, I also find it easy to work with men. And I think that's something we should emphasize when we talk to women who want to go into IT, that it's actually good fun to work with men and it's not that hard. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think um, I think there's some soft skills that women bring to it, though. Mm -hmm. but, you know, the men never remember when it's somebody's birthday or, oh, do you think we should send flowers because so-and-so's had a baby or so-and-so, you know, those sort of things are where we, we are, our strengths are. But, you know, sometimes the men have got strengths in the other places. Right. So, so I yeah, think what um, really helps is having both and, and you know, like complementing each other. And I do feel that you're right. Women usually bring some extra skills to the table, which are usually things like making the whole workplace a little more humane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> um people's needs and their birthdays and maybe their children and stuff like that so yeah that does help a lot yeah definitely so apart from the fact that we know that it's easier to work with men maybe um what else would you tell a young woman who wants to come into the field what would you what advice would you give her um, oh do you know what i would absolutely 100 percent say you just do whatever you want to do. If you want to go into a job that's male orientated, then do it. Who cares? If you want to be a nurse or a teacher or, you know, you just do what you want to do and don't be phased by it at all. I think the the sooner you get exposed to male, probably uh, more male environments, more female environments, who cares? It doesn't matter. It's all the same. If you've got a real interest and a real passion with something, then go for it. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that, because um, that's also something that I feel we have to emphasize again and again. It's not about are there more men, are there more women in the field? It's about what you actually want to do. And you shouldn't Absolutely. encourage you by telling you this is not for you. I think, yeah, yeah. You do it, just go ahead and do it. And um, you will, I think, most likely feel people, find people there that are like you. Because uh, what I see now is that there are a lot of women in IT. You just need to connect to them and then you will have some peers. But working with men is fine. It's just as fine as working with women, really. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's the same in our in our team. We have, you know, 14 people and I often ask all of them for advice. And sometimes you get in my situation, I've got two people that I always think are the best ones to go to. Mm -hmm. They're both men. It, it doesn't make a difference. But I could have two people that are both women as well to go to. It's just it's your personalities and how you find talking to those people. Nothing to do whether they're a man or a woman. So absolutely. Of, yeah, I agree with you. And I think um, it's a lot about how you uh, perceive things. I think, um, I mean, I don't want to say that there are not situations or men who will um, cause you to feel that maybe um, you're not welcome. That's always possible. But I think a lot of the issues we have about around not finding women in for IT is because they are told that this is not for them. And that is just not true. Right. Yeah. I also think that, you know, it's some women. It's a real difficult one, really. But mm -hmm. if you open up every job to every person, male or female, you would probably see and this is not being stereotypical, but women go in more to work towards 
a job in nursing or teaching because their their passion is in that way if a woman still wants to go into engineering or mechanics they can do but mostly men they feel like they fit in there it's about where you want to fit in i think as long as it's open for everyone you know i was i was in the military for 18 years i absolutely loved it but if they'd have said to me when i was 16 or 17 would you like to go into the infantry i'd have probably said yes now i've had children absolutely not i would not like to go into the infantry at all but that option is open now that's open for women which is fabulous if people want to do that absolutely go get it do it it's about having the options open for them yeah, and not being put off by people saying you can't do something because you can if you want it bad enough you can go and do it i i agree i think um, it's important to see that we now have the choice to to yeah. go into the career we want to and the other thing is uh that i was just thinking about when you said that women would tend to gravitate towards nursing or you know um feels like that it might be because women tend to choose careers where they feel they can help people yeah you know, where they can do something for society and um, for men that might not be on the top of the list of priorities so absolutely what is necessary is to find a way to do technology that you have the feeling that you're benefiting society absolutely and yeah. then i think more women will come because then they will understand that this is not just about sitting in front of the computer and coding this is about actually doing something for society and and um, shaping society actually you know technology shapes the way we live and if we um, can get that picture out there, what the possibilities actually are when you are in the field. And you should not just leave it to men because they shape society in a way that fits them. And we need a technology that fits women as well. Absolutely. Maybe more interesting for them, you know? Yeah, definitely. I 100% agree with that. I had a friend um, who I spoke to when I left the military and he said he was working with um, a, a company abroad, a small startup, and they'd um, come up with an app where if children were abused, they were able to use this app to report issues. And the app was hacked. So basically the hackers were having access to all these children's details, which is horrendous. But to me, straight away, that got my maternal instinct going, oh my God, I would love to be able to help out on this project, to be able to do something to protect these children. And that's exactly, you know an example of what you were just saying there it's about telling people you know maybe the males perhaps wouldn't have that urge as much as what i would or a female would yeah i think that's just um there are differences in the way we approach life you know and what what our emphasis is between men and women of course i I mean, this is a statistical average. There are women who are on this side of the spectrum and there's those that are on the other. But as, uh, as on average, we tend to gravitate between uh, two fields that give us more meaning. So I do also from time to time think about what I am contributing to society with the job I'm doing at the moment. So this for me is obviously higher up on the agenda than for other people probably. Who will. I think what we are doing here is maybe a way to show women that you can actually go into technology and um, make a difference. do something, you know, for yeah. society. And that's, I guess, uh, something maybe I would like to tell young women as well, you know, you 
going into technology does not mean that this is a completely scientific mathematical job. It's also about shaping the future. So, yeah, hmm. definitely. definitely. So do whatever you want to do. Don't let people tell you not to do it and understand that also in technology, there is ways to, you know, do good. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, thank you, Rebecca. Thank you for talking to me. Thank you for sharing your story. It's so interesting to talk to someone who has had this completely different uh, background. <laughs> I kept it tame and I didn't swear. You'll be pleased. <laughs> 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 okay, bye Rebecca. Thank you, bye bye.